I think I've told you that I attended school in Florida quite some time ago for a little while. And uh, the president of that school was a real character. He was, uh, by his own confession, the ugliest man on the face of the earth. And he certainly was ugly. There's no arguing that. He was, I would say, a classic Southern gospel preacher. They don't make them like that anymore. Uh, he shouted, he paced, he gestured. And one of the first sermons that I heard him preach has, has lodged in my mind, and I, I come back to it every now and then, um, because it, it was kind of a great um, spin on a very important Christian truth. So you may have heard it. I'm not sure if it was original with Mr. Watson or Dr. Watson or if it came from someone else, but he, he preached it kind of like this and with this kind of an accent as well. He, he leaned over the podium, I mean really leaned over and pointed out at the students and he said, your talk talks and your walk talks, but your walk talks louder than your talk talks. Don't forget that. What did he mean as you unscramble the walk and talk words? What he's saying is a very important Christian and biblical understanding, which is that no matter what we say, it's what we do that is the proof of the pudding. So it is not just that we declare what is right, but that we are what is right and we do what is right. And so it's, it's walking the talk. And so for the next few months, we're going to look at the book of James, which is a great uh, treatise on that whole notion of walking the talk. James is taking issue with uh, perhaps some believers or, or churches. He may even be picking a fight with the Apostle Paul. Now, what do I mean by that? I think it would be a lot of fun to be a fly on the wall in an argument between Paul and James. Um, Paul was uh, resolute in his commitments and, and theology. You, you get that when you read his, his letters. But James seems to go for the jugular when he talks about the whole question of um, faith and works. And, and so that's what we'll try to sort of parse out today, the, the difference between faith and works and the priority of faith or works. Which trumps the other might be the question that we will kind of edge towards. So if you remember in Romans, we came across the, um, the great example of Abraham, and then Paul takes Abraham's example and says this, However, to the one who does not work, but trusts God, who justifies the wicked, his faith is credited as righteousness. Prime example, Abraham. Abraham believed God, and it was credited to him as righteousness. That's earlier in, in that same passage. What did that mean? Um, as, as we unpacked the word credited, um, it has the meaning that, that Abraham actually was given a whole dose of favor. Um, and Paul says, but, but make no mistake, it's not because of what he did. 
It's not that Abraham did all the right things and therefore got credit with God. Um, It's simply this, that he believed God. And that was credited to him as righteousness. So the idea of righteousness being a gift from God, a gift that comes because of believing God, or believing in God, we might say, Paul's theology has migrated through, through centuries and millennia, and it comes all the way to Martin Luther, for example, who was, was famous for talking about justification by faith. And so he was um, taking umbrage with the Roman Catholic Church, um, which he saw as believing in a righteousness that comes from works, that you could only work your way to heaven. It didn't come any other way. And he gladly celebrated his understanding in the Bible that righteousness did not come because of what we have done, but it comes by faith. And we need to celebrate that rather than celebrate works. Well, that brings us back then to what uh, Paul has been expounding and, and does really in almost all of his writings, that the, the glory of the Christian faith is that it is by faith. It is by grace through faith that we are saved. And, and, and Paul plays that out in many, many ways. So I, I want to come to the question this morning, what is the Christian faith, or what does it mean to be a Christian? And we might think, first of all, well, that's an easy question because we've been, you know, sort of taught all of our lives what it means to be a Christian, how to become a Christian, and so on. But but let me take it in into this direction: Is being a Christian about what you believe, as in what you know? Or is it in what you do? Is, is being a Christian knowing things? Or is being a Christian doing things? And, you know, the smart among us will say, I bet it's both. I bet he's going to come to the conclusion that it's both. You're right. But let's get there with uh, some interesting conversation. We, in the West particularly, have have ended up defining the Christian faith by dogma or by doctrine. Um, we, we really explicitly or implicitly have, have communicated and held that to be a Christian, you need to believe certain things. You need to know certain things. And we actually divide among denominations, among churches, among believers, on the basis of their agreeing or disagreeing on certain things, that, that we are supposed to know certain things and believe those things, and maybe we're supposed to actually have you know, kind of a written statement that is our doctrinal statement or a statement of faith, and on the basis of believing those things, we might say we are Christian. We are people of faith because we believe that, and we will list the things that we believe. Is it what you believe 
that makes you a Christian. Of course, it is important to know what we believe, but is that what makes us a Christian? What is faith? What is faith? What happened in Abraham's heart and mind that could be summarized by the simple phrase, believed God, or believed in God? Did did it mean that Abraham believed things about God, or does it mean something other than that? So it doesn't mean when we say we are Christians that we believe certain things about God and about Jesus, maybe about the Holy Spirit, etc. Or what what could it mean to to say that we are Christians because we believe God or we believe in God and and maybe stop there and see what else rolls out. You see, the difference is, is a little subtle, and um, but but maybe the difference has has rolled out into our being people who fixate maybe more on what we know or what we believe than what we are or who we are becoming as followers of Christ and believers in God. What is Faith. What is it to believe in God? Is it to believe the right thing, or is it to do the right thing, to be the right thing? Now, I love a good argument. I love to uh, be right. Um, you can ask Annabeth about that and my kids. And I like to be right. Uh, I know I'm right about certain things. I know I'm right that uh, Starbucks coffee is better than Tim's coffee. And some of you disagree with that. That's fine. You can be wrong because I'm right. Right, but but many times we we have now crafted Christianity or our brand of Christianity or our brand of evangelicalism as to having exactly the right things in our belief in in our articulated description of the truths of Scripture and so on, and. And I want to, again, come back to the question, is, is that really what's important? Uh, I, I love a story that I think I've told you before about two of my favorite people. One is Bruce Waltke, who is uh, my favorite professor. And the other is Chuck Swindoll, who is my favorite pastor and favorite preacher, really, of, of all time. I've been listening to Chuck for decades and love his style and, and content. And it, Chuck Swindoll tells a story in his book, Improving Your Serve, about a visit that he made with Bruce Walke and another seminary student um, to the mother church of um, the Church of Christ of Science, I think it's called. Let me just make sure I say the right thing. It was the mother church of the first Church of Christ scientist in downtown Boston. So... A little old lady, by uh, Swindoll's description, was touring them around the the historic building and showing them the the lovely ornate, you know, ad- adornments. Uh, I think in Oregon they saw and and she said, "Would you like to see the second floor?" And they said, "Certainly they would." And as they were climbing the stairs, she was just telling them about the church's beliefs and. Um, their doctrine and practices. And, and in part, she said something about the fact that they did not believe that 
God was a God who judges after life, that um, there's, there's no such thing as, as judgment to come that we should all be afraid of. And at, at that moment, um, Swindoll kind of perked up his ears and looked over at Bruce, who was his, his senior and obviously his senior academically and so on, and he thought, well, boy, I hope, Bruce, I hope you're going to say something. And um, he, he said at that moment, Bruce said rather hesitatingly, but madam, doesn't it say somewhere in the Bible that it's appointed to people that they will die and after that be judgment? Is there something about that? And Swindoll is saying, are you kidding me? He he could have quoted it in Greek. He could have, you know, told it in five translations. Why doesn't he get more specific? So he, he said he waited, and expecting that Bruce would push a little farther, he waited and only heard this from Bruce. When the woman said um, nothing particularly in response to that question, it doesn't it say somewhere, she simply said, would you like to see the, the whole second floor? Um, Swindoll says, now's your chance, under his breath or in his mind, to Bruce. And rather than, than expounding and correcting the lady, um, Bruce Walkie simply said, we surely would, thank you very much. And they went upstairs. And he said, after the whole tour was over, as Swindoll says, I, I took Bruce aside and I said, are you kidding? Why didn't you nail that lady? Why didn't you show her how wrong she was? Why don't you show her what the Bible says about judgment and the afterlife and so on? And he said he'll never forget what um, Bruce Walkie said. He said he looked at me and he said, now, Chuck, that wouldn't have been very fair, would it? And it wouldn't have been very loving, would it? So Swindoll calls himself a, a scalp collector and um, Bruce, the, the gentle, kind, loving professor. <coughs> Excuse me. Was it more important to be right or to be loving? And Swindoll was learning that it was proper to be right, but more important to be loving, and more Christian, perhaps, to be loving. Is being a Christian believing the right things, or is it being the right person? James goes after Paul, if you like, um, by what he says in, in chapter 2. And we will we'll come to this as we, over the next several weeks, go through the, the topic, um, walking the talk. James says, show me your faith without works, and I will show you my faith by what I do. So that is quite a contrast to what Paul says all the way through his letters. And James seems actually to be deliberately goading Paul or, or Paul's theology. He's hearing Paul maybe in the back of his mind saying it is justification by faith, by faith alone, apart from works. And, you know, Paul to his dying breath, would have, have taught that, preached that, and held to that. And James said, really? 
is it only faith that is required if if we're to be in favor with God and and to be righteous? He says, show me your faith without works. So if, even academically speaking, what's important is just what you know, what you believe, if your faith is what you say, what you believe, and it doesn't matter that it's accompanied by, by works, well, show me your faith without works. Prove to me that, that that is real faith. And he says, my retort will be, I will show you my faith by what I do. So he is not negating faith, but he's saying it is not only faith, it is faith and works. It is not either or, it is both and. In fact, not long after that, in, in this same chapter, he says, how about Abraham? And you think, oh my goodness, now he's really going for it. He says, was Abraham justified by faith alone, not works? Or was he not justified by works when he was willing to offer his son Isaac as a sacrifice? So James concludes, I conclude it was faith and works that um, accrued to, to uh, Abraham's being credited as a person who is um, in a relationship with God and one who believes God. Certainly in Romans 4, we have the, the great description of a believing person in the context of the Old Testament, in its geography, in its history, in its culture. Um, we are told that against all hope, Abraham in hope believed. And so when we talk about what it means to, to be a, a, a person of faith, I think we are saying to be a person of faith is to be a person who is in the continual struggle of believing God. In the continual struggle of believing God or the continuous struggle of believing God. Abraham was credited not for what he did, but for believing God. And James says, um, the believing God part of it was accompanied by his deeds. And his theology, James' theology, is to say um, his deeds proved his faith. Um, show me your faith without works. You can't do it. I think he's defying Paul to um, produce evidence. And he says, no, how about if we go about it like this? I will show you my faith because of my works. I will show you my faith by the things that I do, by the way that I live my life. And so it is simply not that we believe the right things. And many times, as we believe the right things, we can actually slip into doing the wrong things. We can actually um, overlook some of the the paramount teachings of the scriptures, uh, like the one that we've been camping on for quite a while, loving God and loving our neighbors. As we love God and love our neighbors, and we're pursuing truth, we need to be careful that we don't overlook the deeds part of it, the, the loving part of it. That while we disagree with one another, 
while we believe that some people are in error in what they believe and think and do, we are still constrained to love them. We are called to love them. Believing is work. The struggle to believe is work. And working it out confirms the believing. So doing maybe sometimes trumps knowing. Deeds maybe sometimes trump faith. John 14 is one of my favorite passages. And in that passage, Jesus says to his disciples, Now, you believe in God, right? And I, I imagine the conversation being something like that. And they would nod their heads. Yes, we do, of course. And then Jesus said, so believe in me as well. What did he mean by that? Did he mean you believe the right things about God and you need to believe the right things about me as well? Or did he mean that in a, in a living, dynamic relationship, you, you're, you're connected to God? I invite you to be connected to me in that same way. So the bottom line is that the definition of a Christian is that this is a person who believes God, who believes Jesus, who believes, as we would extend this, the Holy Spirit, certainly believes in and certainly believes the truths about the various persons of the, of the Trinity. But primarily, um, faith is a relationship with God um, that is uh, lively, um, that, that is, is vibrant, that is shifting and becoming and changing. And Jesus is saying, look, you believe, you believe in God, right? Believe in me as well. And then he goes on and tells the story about his father's house and so on. And, and what is all of that? It's the story of a relationship. It's the story of being connected to a person. He, he actually gives the, the story of a Jewish wedding as he talks about his father's house. Jesus says, you believe in God, right? Believe also in me. Is it faith or deeds? Yeah, it's both. But even more important than all of that, it is believing God. That's what Abraham exemplified. Um, Abraham did not know nearly as much as we do about God. He knew nothing about Jesus. And, and yet he was credited as being a person of faith. He was credited righteousness, right standing, you know, um, passing grade, on the basis of his believing God, what was it like for him to believe God? It was like him actually listening to God speaking to him and doing what he was told. And that's a, a wonderful summary of the Christian faith. And, and it actually would be in at least those two departments of believing what's right about God and doing what's right because we believe what's right about God. James says, don't be too quick to say it only matters that you can sign off on the right things. Being the right person, doing the right things, is so important that it actually will be the evidence of your faith. It'll actually be the proof of your faith.
And so you too would be someone who could be called a person who believes God and to whom it is credited righteousness. God bless.